Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in monster. Very good. Because finally I have a word that her fits in. Yes. And it makes sense. And my dad's here and he's still my dad. <laughs> For real, you guys. I'm not making it up. <laughs> um, so I'm not over Hilla yet and I can't stop thinking no. about her. I think we should just jump in. Yeah. Because I'm just I'm not over it. I feel like I need to go study this chick. Like so some people, have, if they didn't hear last week, they're gonna be really confused. Yes. So if you right. haven't heard yeah. last week's episode, don't listen to this week's episode because we were in the middle of a story, and my dad keeps saying it's a crazy story. You're not gonna believe it, and I'm like, okay, well, I've heard crazy stories before, but he was right, <laughs> and it was apparently super weird. it's not like it's just now in this episode gonna about get crazy. to get weirder. So if you haven't, again, if you haven't heard last week, just stop right now. Listen to last week's because we are going to pick up where we left off and finish this really weird story. And I hope that somebody will finally turn it into a movie. If you guys could do that, that'd be great. Thanks. Okay. So, Dad, where were we? Well, we're basically in the summer of 1534 during the siege of Munster by the Prince Bishop uh, and his forces. Jan of Leiden is in control in the city. Um, Hilla has failed to kill the Prince Bishop with her poisoned shirt. She did great, been, though. She did great. Broken on the wheel and, and decapitated. But she did great. And not enough great. poisoned shirts in history. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> so mid-July, now you got to understand, you have a city full of Anabaptists. Now, when you think of Anabaptists, you think of uh, some very, 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 very conservative people. Very, very, very conservative people. Um, Jan calls everybody together and he has received understanding from the Lord that what they need to do in Munster in light of the Lord's having blessed this amongst the uh, prophets and leaders of Israel in the past is that uh, by law, everyone needs to engage in polygamy. And so I can't think of any other cults that have ever done that. <laughs> yeah. It just so, keeps getting more culty. Uh, yeah. So and that's how most people respond. There is general dissatisfaction uh, right. with this idea. But uh, the, the point is there are more women in the city and we need to have, you know, he's looking long term here. You know, sure. he's he's still thinking Jan's still thinking God's going to deliver them and they're going to eventually take over Europe. And so we need to have lots of followers and so on and so forth. And so uh, eventually, uh, by the time this is all over, uh, Jan is, is going to have as many as 16 wives himself. Ugh. Uh, and that's only in the next couple of months. Um, so, but remember, he was sort of a Brad Pitt type guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, that, that, that sort of goes along You could with do it. worse. Um, <laughs> Just so, like yeah. Joy's husband. <laughs> so so uh, about two weeks later, uh, there's enough men that are unhappy about this that a rebellion takes place, a mutiny takes place. And it's actually very well done. They managed to grab Jan. They, they grab most of the leaders. They've got him in prison. And once they've done it, they're like, um, oh, how are we going? <laughs> what do we do now? I mean, we forgot to like 
have any means of contacting the prince bishop to go, hey, we're the good guys, right. not the bad guys. And so while they're trying to figure all this out, Jan's signaling out the prison uh, window to his followers who then go get cannons and they're running up this, the cobble streets, their cannons wait. aiming them at the, the prison where the, the mut mutineers are. Um, wait, don't wait. worry, Prince Bishop, you won't have to destroy Munster. Wait, wait. Jan, They'll do so it. from jail, he's commanding these people with cannons. No, he's commanding these people and they're going and getting cannons <laughs> to come after the mutineers. And they're successful and they break Jan out and they capture all the people that led the mutiny. And over the next couple of weeks, they are all executed publicly in, sure. in rather vicious and horrible sure. fashion uh, in front of everybody. So you don't do this type of thing. Lesson learned. Uh, again. So this happens well. at the end of, of July. Finally, at the end of August, the Prince Bishop's forces decide to try again, but this time without drunks. <laughs> And during this the time day. at sunrise. <laughs> and during the day. They hired uh, new people. <laughs> basically, yeah. They made sure. Let's let's cut back on the alcohol a little bit this time. But still, the, the thinking is after this massive cannonade and everything else, these people could be so afraid. They're just going to be cowering in their houses. We're going to be able to walk in. It's not how it worked. Um, you've got the women up there and literally... Uh, they're they're literally pouring pitch into the armor of the guys coming up the up the, uh, the 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 ladders, and they're sawing people's legs off. And uh, no they fainting just, couches. They just for they these just women. fight like anything, and hundreds of soldiers are killed. And again, the attack is repulsed. They can't get into this city, no matter how hard they try. And again, Jan of Leiden's running around with bombs exploding around him and bullets whizzing by and everything else. And he's, you know. And so um, the Prince Bishop goes, okay, that's it. And so what he does is he begins construction of a wall out where he's been all this time to stop anything from getting in or out. Nobody goes in, nobody goes out. I'm going to starve these people out. It's all I can do. Mm. And so, because Brutal. there's been some going in and out, not so much with supplies, but for example, before that happens, um, in September, um, Jan becomes king with a court and, and the whole night. So you've got kingly communism or something. It's, yeah. it's such a weird, oh, weird. mess. Yeah. And of course, this, this goldsmith shows up that no one even, even knows where in the world he came from, who happens to have a crown in his bag and he... He anoints uh, Jan King, and it's it's all very very weird things happening. Very very strange. Mm. And of course, what happens is if you're in Jan's court, then you're eating good, as the food's becoming less and less for everybody else right. in in the in the city. Never goes well. Um, the next month in October, uh, before the wall is finished outside, uh, Jan sends out these teams of apostles to major cities, uh, and they're called apostles, and they're to bring. Anabaptists to help break the siege. Well, every single one of them's caught and, and executed except one. Um, the schoolmaster, uh, Henry Gray's smart guy, is spared because uh, the Prince Bishop hears him uh, speaking in Latin and can tell he is a, um, an educated man. So he strikes a bargain with him. And so what they do is they take Henry Gray's uh, October 23rd, night of October 23rd, very, very cold night, evidently. They, they take him to one of the entrances, uh, one of the smaller entrances, and they tie it, they have them all tied up and stuff, and they leave him under a bush, and he starts making noise, figuring that they're gonna come out and they'll, 
the, the Anabaptists will grab him and, and bring him in. Well, they just thought the Prince Bishop's guys were getting in, so they left him out there all night. He almost froze to death. So in the morning, they go out, they find him. He's like gray, oh. and they're, they're rubbing him and stuff like that. Henry and they, Grays. They, 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 Grays was, yeah, gray, yeah. <laughs> and they, they manage to revive him, and they bring him in, and he opens his eyes, oh, my brothers. And he tells them this big story about how they had been captured and, and the guy he is with, because he's one of the apostles, and, and how the guy he was with was, was, was hung and stuff like that. And yet a, an angel came into his, into his, uh, into his jail cell. And, and said, you are going to uh, proclaim my message again in New Jerusalem. And, and the next thing I know, I wake up under, and you all are rubbing. And so miraculously, he's been transported back to the, to the New Jerusalem. And he's able to enter into the inner circle of Jan again with this kind of a story, even though he's actually been captured. Right. And he's a source of information right. for the Prince Bishop now. Um, and so this is what's happening mm -hmm. in, uh, in that particular period of time. Now, if you thought the other lady, I think this lady okay. is more interesting. Okay. Okay. Her name in late fall of 1534, Elizabeth Wanshear. Okay. Elizabeth Wanshear. She doesn't she, have a poison shirt. She, she does not it. have a poison shirt. <laughs> she is brought before Jan, uh, Jan of Leiden, for refusing to marry the man that she was told to marry. Okay. How dare um, she? In fact, she said in front of Jan, she said that she would rather be three feet underground than to sleep with that old goat. <laughs> okay, she wins. Okay, all right. How old is she? Um, uh, I, I don't know. She's probably in her, her she's probably 18, 19, something like that. Um, and so uh, she's disobeying her father and then disobeying the command to enter into polygamy. And so she's in prison for a few days and then released to become Jan's 10th wife. <laughs> he liked her moxie. And his, yeah. his second favorite after Devara. So she's oh. really, really pretty. She's really, really smart. She's obviously got a very independent spirit, so on and so forth. And so she becomes the second favorite wife. Now keep her in mind because she's going to come back up here a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. uh, around November 2nd, uh, the bishop's emissary was allowed to visit the city. Um, and um, basically Jan says, come and take it. Uh, good luck, bucko, you know, um, or what the uh, 101st Airborne said to the Germans during uh, the Battle of the Bulge, no, when they demanded, the, they, they demanded uh, that the Americans surrender and they responded with one word, nuts. And the Germans are going, <laughs> nuts. nuts. This is nuts. It <laughs> yeah. no, didn't really translate real well. So they basically said the same thing to, to the Prince Bishop. Like, it ain't happening. We're taking over. You, you don't understand. We're taking over Europe. You're, right. You, know, you, know, you haven't seen it yet, but it's going to happen. You're a pebble in my shoe. Yeah, exactly. Um, in, um, around the same time, uh, you know, Jan's telling the people, Those, the, the apostles are going to bring many people. We're going to be delivered, so on and so forth. They're all dead. Right. Jan knows this, but the people don't. Right. And the food's getting scarcer and scarcer. Right. It's been a long time now. It's, I mean, they had a lot, and Jan's still eating good. Sure. Uh, but for the rest of the people, things not, are changing. Not, not so much. Um, and so, even during this period of time, uh, they write to Luther. And Luther writes back and just rips their lips off. I mean, he just, uh, you know, Luther from 1525 on. Is a is a curmudgeonly, uh, fellow. yeah. And this is Luther at his curmudgeonly best. I mean, he just um, 
Munster is in their, in, especially in his perspective, the worst possible thing that could ever happen. Everybody, he knows the Roman Catholics going, see, see, we told you this right. is what happens. Right. And so he, they get zero uh, love from Luther and nothing but condemnation as absolute heretics that will burn in hell. Mm. Um, so spring comes, um, but hunger and fear are growing in, uh, uh, in, in that particular point in time, especially uh, when uh, one of Jan's, uh, if, I, if I recall correctly, I think it was Henry Gray's, managed to get out of the city, writes a letter exposing everything there is to know about Jan, and has the Prince Bishop's guys, they print up a bunch of them and attach them to arrows. This is called the early postal service. And you just fire them over the walls, and they, they hit walls and things like that. And, of course, Jan says anybody caught reading it will be executed immediately. Of course. Of yes. course. Which is the best mm -hmm. way to make sure it gets read by uh, the masses. Yeah. The <laughs> right. Yes. Of yeah. Yeah. Censorship <laughs> always works. It always works. <laughs> um, and so the, the level of terror only increases in the city because Jan's saying if you're caught with this. And, but the word's getting around that people who had been in Jan's center, center of influence and power are saying he's actually a false prophet and this is all you think on. yeah so on so forth. yeah <laughs> so now what's been happening is as people are trying to get out the wall has been completed and the bish prince bishop won't let them out so he won't take them into that wall and once and jan says you're free to leave munster but you can never come back in and so now they're caught in the in-between place and both just simply leave them to sit there and die of exposure Starvation, whatever it might be, there's just there's just dead bodies littering the the, the and everybody from the walls can can see, you know, you leave. This is what's going to happen. The upside down. Um, it's just it's just it's amazing. Well, in early May, Elizabeth Wanchir sees she's seeing these things, and she's eating fine, and mm -hmm. seeing that the people in the city are starting to starve. They're getting skinnier and skinnier. There's there's women and children at the at the wall. Some of the some of the soldiers' wives would bring bring food for the people that that wouldn't be allowed out of the wall. But they throw it over the wall for the for the mm. kids and the women that are starving. I mean, this is a horrible situation. Yeah. And so she she sees this and she stands up to Jan in court and says that we should not be feasting when people are starving. Um, this is this is simply wrong. Well. What are you going to do about that? She's your second favorite wife. Mm. You're going to listen. Maybe you're going to soften. Not this crazy. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. He's too crazy. He takes Elizabeth mm. to the to the courtyard of the of the city, and uh, he begins preaching to the crowds that once again, God is testing us. We cannot have any unbelievers in our midst. Uh, these are th these are difficult times, I know, but only the faithful will will make it all the way through. And of course, eventually, Elizabeth is figuring out what's about to happen. And th this is this is a tough tough story to tell. This is Aww. this is the weirdest part. Um, he uh, uh, says that she must be executed for her resistance to God's will, mm. and so he. Uh, has her head put upon the block and he himself does the deed <gasps> and, and cuts off her head. But before he does so, this is where it gets really weird. This is about as weird as it's going to get. Uh, before he does so, he commands his other wives 
to begin singing Ugh. hymns. So you have the, uh, all his other wives are now being forced to sing while he beheads one of their number. And then he forces them to dance with him around her body, uh, her dead wow. body, her beheaded body mm. in front of everybody. So here's Jan with his wives singing, dancing around the beheaded body of Elizabeth Wancher. So he's crazy, in case we weren't what sure. What does this guy have to do to get, for people to start being like, mm. Mm, something's off here? There aren't too many pictures. Once the story became known in the rest of Europe, the woodcuts in the books and the stories that were circulated focused especially um, upon the polygamy uh -huh. and hence wild uh, sexual accusations and right. so on and mm -hmm. so forth. Um, and upon the the beheading of so many people, but especially Elizabeth Wanshear, yeah, and, uh, Jan's own own wife, and so uh, that's early May. So April, May, as the thousands are, are trying to get out of the city, it started with about ten thousand, and the, the numbers going down, obviously. Um, and so eventually, what what happens is a fellow by the name of Henry Gresbeck. Um, goes he he leaves Munster through one of its many little uh, uh, culverts and things like that through the wall, and he uh, tells the the prince bishop, uh, I know all the codes, I know all the passwords, I can get I can get you in, um, and so f in return for his life, he is brought outside of Munster in the dark of night. He goes in to the city, manages to get all the way in, and then all the way back out again to prove to the prince bishop. He can do this. Mm. And so 400 men on the night of June 22nd uh, are basically smuggled into. Uh, now, you know, by this point in time, uh, starvation is a horrible thing, but it's a slow death. Yeah. And um, so the, 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 the Anabaptists aren't going to be quite as um, good at defense and stuff as they, they once were, quite as sharp on it, quite yeah. as focused upon it. And so they, they enter into the city, um, but their presence is discovered fairly quickly, and so the battle begins inside the walls. The problem is the Prince Bishop outside and his commanders aren't sure really what's going on. Was this all a, a trap? Was Henry Gresbeck really, you know, at, you know, this is part of a, you know, get us to attack again and get creamed again, you know, that type of thing. And so the, the men who've invaded take up a defensive position and their commander sends one guy out the back door while they negotiate with Jan uh, because Jan's saying, hey, all you got to do is bow down to me as king and I'll let you all go. That's Jan. Well, this is where, this is, this is where the nut part, this is sort of you know, the Hitler thing. You know, Hitler could have won World War II a dozen different ways, but he normally ignored his generals and as a result lost. Um, this is sort of the same thing. You know, you know how the, the evil guy always just talks too much. Yeah, and lets, he has to monologue. Yes, has to monologue. And in this case, he's literally an actor. So he's an actor he and he's monologuing. He's, he, he, can't, he can't stop. <laughs> and so he, you know, just, just bow down to me as king and then I'll let you go. Well, all of a sudden they hear this racket up on the wall. It's the one guy he sent out has gotten up on the wall with the flag. And he's up there going, 
now. <laughs> and so here come here come 5,000 soldiers busting through the gates and there's nobody there because they've left there to go inside and fight. Right. So there's nobody there on the wall to, to, on the wall to throw pitch on people and stuff like that. Right. And so now it's over with. They here come this, this comes this massive force in. And what's interesting is uh, Jan had built the, the ancient equivalent and not ancient, but the 16th century equivalent of tanks in the city square. They're literally big, huge armored um, wagons with cannon in them. I mean, I, I mean, they are they are the equivalent of of tanks. And so uh, they held out for a long, long time. And then the guy that was in command of him and the guy attacking him had been in war together. And so some guilders pass hands and 20 of the guys in the tanks are allowed to leave the city free as a bird. The rest of the guys in the tanks make the mistake of wanting to go home and say goodbye to their wives. They all get killed. Oh. So there's fighting going on. Uh, the Prince Bishop had said, the leaders must be taken alive. Right, right. We must yes. make a spectacle of them. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, Jan of Leiden is, is captured. There's different stories as to exactly how he was captured, but Jan of Leiden is captured. Nipper Darling's uh, captured. They never find Bernard Rothman, the guy who wrote all the pamphlets, the printing the press. The guy that owned like the that. printing press, yeah. Um, they still had an open, you know, sort of like the old Wild Wild West wanted, you know, type oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, over 20 years later, all across Europe, they're still looking for Bernard Rothman. Um, was he just killed in, in the initial attack and just was so mangled that nobody could tell? They even dug up bodies looking, but they could never find what happened to Bernard Rothman. Hmm. Um, so history doesn't know. There's there's no evidence no! one way or the other wow. as to what happened to him. He may have gotten away and just slipped off someplace, changed name. A whole lot easier back then because you didn't that, have to worry about yeah. social security numbers or right. anything else. Right. Um, no he, facial recognition. No facial recognition software, or anything like that. So you're 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 pretty good. So basically, almost everybody in the city is put to the sword. If, uh, basically, every Anabaptist man is beheaded, run through, uh, uh, torn apart by horses, whatever. Um, many of the women are killed as well, but, but not nearly as many as, as the men. There is just a massive slaughter. Because here are soldiers who've been sitting out there for over a year. They're not getting paid almost anything, so they figured the only way they're going to really make any profit here is if they can get into that city and get some of the good stuff. Well, there's not much good stuff left. Jan had sent most of the money out with the apostles to try to buy support to come and, and to their aid. And stuff like that. So there really wasn't much left in the city. Right. And so they take their anger out on the city and on the people of the city. And there is mm. a huge, massive slaughter mm. and loss of life in, uh, in, what, uh, in what takes place. So on, that's June 22nd, June 29th, a week later, Van Waldeck returns to the city, the Prince Bishop. Um, Jan's royal regalia is handed over to him. His armor is in the... Uh, uh, Stadt Museum in Munster. I saw it. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, Jan's armor is sitting there. That's in a, cool, yeah. In, in, a, in a thing. Um, Jan is in rags and chains. He's always looked so good. You know, he's, right. you see the picture there. You can tell he sort of likes looking good. Yeah. He's in rags and chains. So Van Waldeck says to him, Bis du ein König, which in German is, and using du back then was a, was a, down, was a put down. You would, you're supposed to say, Zint Z. That's respectful, but Bis du would be what you say to a kid. Uh, Bis du ein König, are you a king? 
And Jan mm, shot dang. back, Und bist du ein Bischof? And are you a bishop? <laughs> so even even in his rags, uh, and people Jan, think I'm sassy. <laughs> he he remained he remained sassy. So that's June 29th. A little oh, about seven months later, 22nd of January, very close to your birthday. 22nd of January, that's 1536. Right. You might remember this. Thing. Yeah, I do. I remember it. I'm older than dirt now. Yes, I well, was friends with Hilla. I gave her the poison T-shirt idea. <laughs> okay. So on January twenty second, t-shirt. Yeah, I love Munster. So, so on January twenty second, fifteen thirty six, a scaffolding has been erected in the city square, and uh, Jan of Leiden, Bernard Nipperdalling, and another Bernard, uh, who was not Bernard Rothman, he got away, are marched out. And there is a central pole in the middle with uh, attachments in three places. And so they are uh, chained to the same pole. So they're not on different poles. They're, they're, so they can't necessarily see each other real well, but, but they're, they can hear everything that's going on and you know, the person's right next to you, basically. And they, the, uh, this was legal in the old Holy Roman Empire, uh, their means of execution would be to, you have this, what's called a brazier. It's a, it's a hot coals. And so you have these instruments, pincers and poles and, and so on and so forth that you've, you've taken them to a red glowing heat oh, no. in, in this. Uh-oh. And each man by himself so you only do one man at a time so the other two get to listen and smell this oh. knowing that they're next um you are to be tortured for one hour if you pass out your time stops you're revived and then you start again and you you don't start over again oh. but you 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 don't the you timer, get an hour of torture you, get, you have to be tortured for one full hour consciously and you're wow. tortured by taking these things and ripping muscles off, ripping sinews off, just basic tearing your ears Dang. off, I'm so sticking it up your out. nose and ripping your nose off, I'm cutting your out. tongues out. I'm stressed out. Uh, all that Jeez. kind of stuff. Uh, with glowing hot uh, instruments in front of everybody. And so they start with Jan of Leiden. He's the first one. Uh, and then they do the other. I, I would not want to have been the last guy. Uh, no, that's, no. That's, that's the absolute. Worst. I don't want to be any of them. Okay, so <laughs> on January twenty second, they are executed, and then at, after an hour, they mercifully take a knife and plunge it into your heart. And <laughs> okay, and that that that's that, a funny definition of mercy. <laughs> well, that that is a mercy after, after that, all you've gone through at that particular. Yeah. Well, and even especially for Jan Blyden to go first, that seems like yeah, yeah, a, a nice mercy thing. too. Yeah. yeah, almost, almost. So. You see on the graphic for the program um, the most famous picture from from Munster, and here's yeah, here's I here's, like here's a postcard that I, I picked up. I took <laughs> I took a bunch of pictures of this. What they did is they constructed three cages, man-sized cages, and they placed the massacred bodies of those three men into those cages and hung them from the spire. This is the one part you were telling me when you were telling me about the story. Yes. You were talking about the three these cages. cages. Yeah. They hung them from the spire of St. Lambert's Cathedral, 
their bodies remained up there. We're not exactly sure how long, at least 20 years. Ew. So that would mean wow. that, that parts are falling off on people and birds are, you know, yeah. until there's nothing but bones left. Mm-hmm. And then they go in and they, they take them out and then they put the cages back up on the building mm. where they are to this day, almost 500 years later. Wow. Now, they're the same cages from 1535, 1536, I'm sorry, January 1536. Same cages. Uh, Munster was damaged by Allied bombing in World War II. And at one point, St. Lambert's was hit. And one of the cages was knocked off. Um, They... Picked it back up, and when they, they put it back, and when they repaired the church, they put it back up there. Wow! And it's still mm. up there to this day, almost five hundred years wow. after it was initially put up there. And what that tells you is, Munster is seen in Europe as the preeminent example of religious fanaticism. It is seen. Uh, well, Anabaptists, even if they were absolutely, completely pacifistic, never would do anything like this Anabaptist, suffered horribly as a result of what happened at Munster because neither the Protestants nor the Catholics would make any differentiation between the Anabaptists. As long as you said you need to be baptized again, you're you just like Jan of Leiden. Yeah. You're all the same. Wow. And so we wonder why, for example, Calvin, Calvin does not have any use for Anabaptists. He's not going to dialogue with them. He's not going to read their materials. Why? Because Calvin is converted at this exact same time yeah. as Munster. Wow. The first thing that he even experiences is Munster. And mm-hmm. so you, you cannot expect Mm-mm. Luther. We, we already knew what his perspective was. Wingley was gone by this time. He had died, died at the Battle of Capel in 1531. So... Um, the Protestant leadership is absolutely poisoned to the final and nth degree against any discussion with anybody on that subject because of Munster. And the laws, there continued to be Baptists. There, there, were, there were Baptists drowned in London in 1611 and as late as the 1700s in the Netherlands. Mm, wow. Across Europe. The number who died in the city, outside the city, and as a result of the city is probably at least 60 or 70,000 over the course of the centuries. That's crazy. I mean, at the time, and then because of what that meant over the time afterwards. And so Germany is a very secular nation. Yeah. And yet about, I think about 11 years ago, they had a referendum in Munster. Should we take the cages down? It was defeated. Even in secular Munster, wow. hmm. they said, nope, no, I think they need to stay up there as a, as a warning uh, about religious fanaticism. Now, of course, religious fanaticism would be something very different in the minds of modern Germans yeah. as right. it was back then, um, but they left them up there. And I wasn't the only one. I went by St. Lambert's, I think, four times while I was there last week. The last foot pictures I took, snow falling like I don't know what. Um, so I've got some cool pictures of it, but I wasn't the only one taking pictures. Um, 
I, most people just walk by and don't even think about it. Don't even, don't even give it a second thought. But there they are. Now, there are so, so, so many applications and, and lessons to be learned from what took, what took place there. Um, the imbalance in regards to the Old Testament, New Testament issues, the, uh, the taking examples from the Old Testament, polygamy and the kings and the warfare and not looking at the Bible as a whole. But obviously what should be just so clear to anybody is that these people did not believe in or practice sola scriptura. Um, this was not a, a scripturally based thing. Oh, they're using stories in the Bible. Yeah, but those stories are being woven together in a narrative that's held together by the personal revelations of Jan Mathis and Jan Lydon. Right. And so um, is there a relevance to the modern charismatic situation where you have people standing up there saying that, you know, the Lord has told me that you need to give $69 to get this type of blood. You better believe there is. Mm -hmm. um, there is a direct uh, parallel to that kind of thing. Um, but the, the diminishment, you know, this is a sacral society and no one would have thought to have introduced some other God. Uh, they didn't deny the Trinity, though I'm not sure how many people there would have even understood what it really was. Um, this was still a, the, Europe coming out of Christian sacralism at this point in time. But all that meant was that here you have possibly a demonized man. I mean, if you can cut off your second favorite wife's head and then have your wives dance with you around or beheaded, yeah. I'd say I that's mean, about as demonized as you can as you can get. Mm -hmm. When he talks about like, you know, spirits being active, I'm like, yeah, I think a spirit might have been active. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, most most definitely. I mean, I mean, it, it's really hard to even begin to conceive of what was taking place there. And so when you look at someone like that and call them an Anabaptist, yeah, that's not fair to the Anabaptists by a stretch of the imagination. This isn't a Christian man, but he is a man who you, you, look, you look at his regalia, you look at the stuff he's got. He's got a cross over the world and he, he, it, it's his, everything is filled with the references to Jesus and everything else. Well, where'd that come from? Well, the Pope was doing the same thing. Every king of the time did the same thing. This was Christian sacral Europe. And as we look at Europe today, and we see how Belgium, for example, is just so dedicated to the worship of death. Yeah. Infanticide, yeah. euthanasia, everything. Mm -hmm. What has happened? What, I mean, uh, the Netherlands. I mean, this, this, is, this is where, where Dutch Calvinism uh, still exists in certain areas, but as far as the whole nation is concerned, this is what happens when you turn Christianity. Every single one of those, those, those nations develop state churches. Mm -hmm. And when you make the church and the state one. Right. And then you make Christianity genetic. Right. The result is as ugly as can be. Yep. As ugly as can be. And we see that in Europe today. Mm -hmm. And so even though you're still going to have, I mean, you're, you know, Munster was... Um, 110 years before the Westminster Assembly, uh, 160, uh, 70 years before uh, the London Baptist Confession, things like that. I can guarantee you every single person at every one of those uh, assemblies knew all about Munster. And it was always in the back of the mind, this is what happens when you allow these people. 
and and the and the reformed that's one of the reasons that the reformed baptists in london you know we have we have a lot of people today that call themselves traditionalists and they're trying to say oh we're, we're we we didn't come from those baptists that came out of the calvinists and the presbyterians we we go back to the anabaptists <laughs> Uh, those those Baptists in, in England, one of the main reasons they wanted to uh, produce a confession of faith that looked almost identical to the Westminster was because they were constantly being slapped upside the face with Munster. That's what you really are. No, listen to our actual right. theology. Listen right. to yeah. what we actually <laughs> That's believe. That's not who right. we are. That is not who we are. The, That's that was the Jans. Uh, the yeah. Jans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there are any Jans involved in the production of any of those things. If you had that name, you changed it yeah, uh, right. once you became an author. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know why this yeah. movie hasn't been made because honestly, it's almost crazy. Al almost every historical movie that's ever made, they've always introduced some type of love thing or they had to right. exaggerate something. I right. mean, the William Wallace thing, the, the thing with the queen and all the rest of this stuff, and they had to exaggerate stuff. You would not have to introduce anything. You would not have to exaggerate anything. Mm -mm. Just go straight, 100% accurate history right. on the story of Munster. And right. It would be a blockbuster. Right. That's crazy. But it's not been done. I don't know why. Hmm. It was, it was, there was a German one. Like right. I said, the Germans did one, which right. may be like, can you believe we were once like this uh, type of a situation? Yeah. I nominate Jason Momoa for the part of Jan Mathis. <laughs> and a, a deeply German looking man. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, who would yeah, play Jan of Leiden? I'm not going to insult anyone on this program. <laughs> He just has to be attractive and charismatic and be able to pretend to be crazy. And be an uh -huh. actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, not going there. Not going there. Let us know who you guys want to play. Jan of Leiden. Yeah. Cast the whole Cast movie the whole for us. Movie. I want to I wanna hear your casting for this. <laughs> I mean, I'm even thinking just like a, a little docu-series yeah. even. You know, totally. Just Somebody do it. Well, you've got everything. Parts. You've yeah. got you've got polygamy. You've Cults, got uh, all sorts war. of cultic. You've got you've got the devil and the devil's mother. You so you've poison got military stuff and yeah. poison t-shirts and sassy and, women. Uh, <laughs> just it, it's got. You've a got bit some drunkards trying to <laughs> yep. storm yep. a city at sunset. No. And so, like you have comedy even weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard no. anything? No, I've heard no. nothing. Even comes mm -mm. close. No, no, to the story of Munster, and it's all true. It's it's just, it's stunning. Yeah, it really is uh, an amazing thing. Wow, I want to go to this town now. How, I know. How about how big is it? Like, if you could give um, me an idea, I could. Uh, I th I would estimate that you could uh, run around the the old city, the the old yes. the old city. Uh huh. Um. If if it hadn't if it hadn't been so cold, um, it's it's probably not more than a 10k run around. Because what was really neat for me was I wanted to see some of the wall. All the wall is gone. Right. They told me that in someone's backyard, there are a couple stones still staying from wow. the old wall. Kept. Um, wow, that's cool. But um, there is this thing called the promenade. Uh huh. Um, which I got to the first night because that was the easiest way that Google told me to get to McDonald's. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, uh, I, I was, I sort of looked at promenade and so I got a, I got a, I got a map of the ancient city 
And I look at Google, I put them together. Oh, that explains that. The promenade is the old wall. Yeah. Wow. And so I ran, I ran 14 kilometers on the old wall. That's so there. cool. It was really cool. It's really, really neat. Okay, so, but how many miles is that? It's about six miles. <laughs> okay. So in like a circle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not um, that big. No. And there isn't much left of the original city. What was left uh, was damaged and, and torn down after World War. War II because of the bombing. Right. And but but um, the cage is still there, and yeah. so is St. Lambert's, mm -hmm. and the museum's there, and uh, Jan of Leiden's suit of uh, of armor is there, and uh, so yeah, it was pretty. And and a lot of the cobblestones you're walking on were were original. Sure. It's a beautiful city. You yeah. You just everything around St. Lambert's are, are the nicest shops. I and mean, we're talking high end mm. shops and okay. Gucci and so all sorts of stuff. So they're still fancy like up in there. Yeah. And what people need to understand, I didn't go there to go sightseeing, though I did a lot of sightseeing. That's where the Institute for the Study of New Testament Textual Criticism is located, is in Munster, in the old city. So if you have a Nestle 28th edition, like the one I gave Jeff, uh -huh. where, where was that edited at? Inside that building, which I, th wow. I thought I sent a picture to you guys, to the family. You did, yeah. Of a just plain square building. Yeah. That's the INTF in Munster. Yeah. And it that's literally not more than 300 yards from, from the well, cages. 400 yards from where the, the, the cages are. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So it's in, it's in Munster. So I was there to interview one of the leading scholars on CBGM, but then it you was You got to, to see all the see cool all the rest stuff. Of the cool stuff in the process, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to write That's a awesome. fictionalized story about Hilla, <laughs> her whole life, just all crazy. What, what about 15... Elizabeth? I, I yeah, thought, her too. I think Elizabeth. She just makes me sad, and I'm not prepared to look at that in the face right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they both got beheaded. I know, but one was a little crazy. So, okay, all right. <laughs> like, well, she had a poison T-shirt. I don't know. Well, there is a little, that. A little yeah. crazy. Okay. All right, it's true. Okay. Feels a little bit less sad to look at than that they're they're just two different stories they're very different sure. stories yes and one is way more depressing to me <laughs> <laughs> i'm not into that i was gonna ask you um uh do they have anything different at german mcdonald's than mm. here yes. or there was like a, a different pizza, weird there thing? was a pizza mac uh what there. it was it was a pizza mac it was like a pepperoni pizza with a hamburger in it uh, that I had never seen any place huh. else. A pizza with a hamburger. And there was a big tasty. Okay. And then and then quarter pounder doesn't mean anything outside the United States. Right. Because oh. they don't Nobody use. Yeah. What's what is uses, that? Yeah. And so I think that's called the Royal. Uh, okay. Royal Burger or something like that. <laughs> but it's the same menu. Uh huh. Uh, you know, and and you know the tap 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 type thing because uh, they've gotten rid of everybody who takes orders anymore, <laughs> even there. And uh, so it's and it tastes the same. I, I got a quarter pound of cheese. And fries, and it was a quarter pound of cheese and fries. Same yeah. thing. The only place where McDonald's tasted substantially different to me in all my travels was Italy. Oh, huh. what was different? Like in a good um, way? They or don't bad have way? ketchup. Oh, okay. And okay. the seasonings were completely different. That was the one place where McDonald's did not taste like McDonald's. Okay. But um, Kiev, uh, Russia, South Africa, uh, Sydney, Brisbane. Um, it doesn't matter wherever I've been. McDonald's is McDonald's. It tastes the same. Comfort food. Mm. 
America. Well, when you're traveling. Yeah, you want that. You want something, <laughs> something familiar. Well, you want something that your stomach's going to go, oh, okay, I'm familiar I know with that. that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. think it's kind of interesting, too. Like, that wasn't if you the only travel... place I ate. I want, I want well, yeah, people to understand. No, 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 this. Like, no. There was a great Italian restaurant right across my hotel. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Their spaghetti bolognese was wonderful. I think it's I think it's just interesting. It's like the a consistent thing right. everywhere you go. Right. So it's yeah. like a way to sort of well compare right. and very very busy. I mean I mean uh, the, the Germans love it. It was always really busy. What's embarrassing is KFC. Oh, K- I don't KFC, like KFC. It's not my favorite place either. But South Africa. Yeah. KFC. There are more KFCs in South Africa than there are Starbucks in the United States. It what? is on really? every other corner. It is embarrassing as an American because they don't look very pretty, but they are the most popular thing in the world, and it's incredible. And there are other places. Does it KFC. taste the same? I don't know. I've never. I, oh, I you have, haven't gone. That's one thing that I have not been willing to do, especially in South Africa. I'm not eating chicken <laughs> no. at a KFC in South Africa. Okay. Um, but he's got limits, you guys. I've got limits. I've got limits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I was in the Munich, uh, the um, Moscow airport, and I almost took a picture of the sign where they're building the KFC inside the Moscow airport as well. So they're everywhere. That's so funny. I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you have a Russia mug for me? Yes, it's at home. Yes. You get to get it tonight. Yes. So he gets me Starbucks mugs from when he, travel. when he travels, and I don't have one from Russia yet. Yep. So, but well, I do. I just it's not in my possession. Right. And I'm excited. Yes. But they don't have Starbucks in South Africa. No, it's because they, they haven't been willing to pay the bribes that would be necessary to establish themselves. Interesting. So Howard hmm. Schultz is a stand-up guy. And well, we should at vote. least I'm as just, far nope, as that's, Sorry, that's I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a bad joke. And it's, uh, but that could become a very interesting subject over it the next It could few be months. a very interesting subject. And we aren't going to go there today. So, Dad, thanks for coming down. Yeah, thank you. Well, we I enjoyed this. This is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Even I feel if just inspired. Even if is it crazy? Is it as crazy as you thought it would be? Crazy. Oh, I was not prepared. Yeah. No, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. And these people in the olden days, they were so intense. I know. I they do were think just everyone. So intense. I mean, I think anyone who kind of grows up somewhere really cold that gets really cold is tough in a different way. <laughs> but then when you're talking about minus all the technology and plus all the tar plus all the cult stuff <laughs> i mean it's just, it was really the perfect storm for some crazy to happen seriously all right i mean yeah a double moted walled off city that is one place to try and been take taken over. over by jehovah's witnesses it would have been really boring <laughs> checking watchtowers over the wall <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, you guys, um, you can like and share this episode. And you should. And you should. And um, we will see all of you crazies hopefully next week. Bye. Bye.